Howdy, y'all. Regular listeners of this show know that Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is an amazing product. It cures aches, pains, and inflammation via their topical CBD solution. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is packed with 400 milligrams of their water-soluble CBD. Be kind to your skin and go to Cosmedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E Medicated.com to place your order. Use the promo code from this podcast, SOS20, to get 20% off of your entire order. That's SOS20. Sweet. Let's do it. Podcast time. Welcome in, y'all. South of Scruffy Podcast here. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm glad you're here. Got a little different type of uh, show for you today. With the uh, with the holidays coming up and the crazy year that we've all had, it's really made people kind of hunker down and, and kind of look inward. Uh, we thought it'd be cool to talk to someone who has uh, dedicated their life to service of others. And my guest today is uh, Ryan Whitbeck. He's done just that. Uh, Ryan is a total badass with a heart of gold. He was an infantryman in the Marine Corps, and he served our country in a couple different tours overseas. And now he serves our local community at Knox Area Rescue Ministries on their staff. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy our chat. Uh, let's all uh, let's all try to live like this guy. Please help me welcome Ryan Whitbeck. We're doing the podcast. I love Irish coffees. Me too. What what's in an Irish coffee? Is it like uh, Bailey's, Jameson, Bailey's, and uh, and coffee? Yeah. I used to I used to do a fair bit of Irish car bombing. Yes. When I was a bit younger, I'm not very big on chugging alcohol, but <laughs> I can chug some an Irish car bomb for yeah, sure. Yeah. I haven't I haven't uh, done that in a long time, but I had a uh, I went through a phase where it was my favorite thing to do. Um, you got to be Irish. You got the red hair right. going on. Yeah, like Irish, that. Scottish, German. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, those three. So, I uh, I'm not sure what I am. I'm I'm three of those two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you done the 23 and Me thing? I haven't. No, I'm, I'm curious. Either. I think my one. I'm scared. My dad's uncle did it, yeah. uh, and he found like American Indian in him, and I was like, what? Really? He's red hair like me. My dad's uncle, but huh? Yeah. Did, which which tribe do we know? Nah, he did. I forget which one it was though. Yeah. Are you from? Are you from here? No, originally I'm from uh, Pennsylvania, just down north of Philadelphia, a town okay. called Quakertown. Quakertown. Yeah. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. How'd you end up down here? Uh, well, I was in the Marine Corps from 2012 2016, um, and then I wanted to stay down south because I like the south uh, for college. And I had a buddy at the time, Dalton Holt. He uh he's from Tennessee and he's always bragging about Tennessee. Yeah. And we visited the school one weekend, went to a game, and I was like, "This is awesome." Uh, so I applied and got in, and I just was like, "All right, that's where I'm going after the Marine Corps." Yeah, I think uh, I think football is one of the best recruiting tools the University of Tennessee has. Yeah. To get undergrads right to come here yeah. because it's a heck of a good time. It's not that much fun this year. Right. Yeah. Both because they're terrible and I was because say, the last uh, couple of years they've been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and there's only twenty thousand people allowed right, in the stadium right. or whatever. I went to one game and it definitely wasn't the same, but it it was good enough for a good time. It was you nice. Know? Yeah, I like the I like the uh, the short beer lines. Yes, yes, <laughs> and just in general that not the, it's like a civilized way to go see a game. Right, you know, it's not like people 
packed Bumping in like sardines, yeah. you know, all, all, all you day. Breathe a little bit. Yeah. It feels, it feels nice. And it was still loud enough. It felt like you're at a football game. Yeah. Now. They've got the piped in noise or whatever. Yeah. And then they, and then the, uh, and then augmented by fans cheering and booing. Right. Right. Know, right. Works Mostly out. booing. Mostly yeah. booing. <laughs> so, uh, military, thank you, by the way, for, for that. You guys, uh, keep us safe and, I, I'm for I'm eternally grateful to the armed armed forces and people who serve in the military because it's you don't have to do it anymore. You know, it's a choice that people make. Right. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, Matt Best has a book called uh, "Thank You for My Service," and, uh, they, and I kind of like that perspective of because yeah. a lot of vic- a lot of veterans that get out and they're like, you know, what was me or you know, yeah. thank me for my service. Like I'm I'm the hero, and that's just yeah. the wrong way to look at it. You yeah. know, it's an honor to go serve your country and to play that role and i'm super grateful for all the lessons i learned um obviously there were some hard times um, but for the most part i I wouldn't change most of it for the world and met the great greatest men i'll probably ever meet yeah um some of my best friends still today so yeah i'm i'm grateful for it as well yeah for the most part where'd you go how did it all start um so went to boot camp in paris island south carolina um, and then School of Infantry in Camp Geiger, North Carolina, and then got stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, with 1st Battalion, 9th Marines. Um, and that's we did a pump to Afghanistan um, from like fall 2013 to spring 2014. It was about eight months. Um, and then 1-9 is a wartime battalion, which means um, if it's not really going down, they disbanded the colors. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we kind of spread out all over the Marine Corps after our Afghan pump. Gotcha. Uh, so I went to 2nd Battalion, 6th Marines, also in North Carolina. Um, and then I did a, uh, it's called a MU, Marine Expeditionary Unit. Um, you get on a Navy ship and, you know, you go from port to port training different people and um, doing different trainings yourself. And sometimes you just get some liberty, which means you get to go out and have a good time. So I saw like 10 different countries on that deployment and that was really cool. Um, got to see Jordan or Petra and Jordan. Yeah. One of the seven wonders. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, yeah. And then came home for, from that second pump and a couple months later got out and moved to Knoxville. So it's amazing. Yeah. So infantry. Yes. What's that mean? Um, so the civilian would call that, you know, the ground pounder or the grunt or yeah. door kicker or whatever. You're the front lines, if you will. Yeah. Um, so infantry is split up in a couple of different jobs. You have 0311. That's what I was. Um, it's a rifleman. You have 0331, which is machine gunner. 0341, which is a mortarman. You know, that thing's yeah. dropping in the tubes you see in the movies. Um, 0351, which is an assaultman and 0352, which is an anti-tank missileman. So that makes up the infantry. And you were the 0311. 0311. Yeah. So everybody's trained specifically on their on their own. Yeah, weapon. when you get to school of infantry, most people just come in with O three contracts. You know, O three XX. You don't really know which which it is yet. Right. And then when you get to school of infantry, um, most people become elevens because there's the most of those. Mm. Um, but they kind of ask people, you know, who wants to do this? Who wants to do this? And then sometimes when they need more people, they're just like, "You're going to be a mortarman. You're going to be, you know, really, yeah." Do people not want to do those? Yeah, higher number Some people jobs. Got screwed. Oh, I mean. Some people do, some people don't. A lot of people, you know, like oh, I just want to be a machine gunner, you yeah. know. Um, but what's an assaultman or an assault? I heard so you say that. yeah, they blow a lot of stuff up. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, they have different weapons that, you know, they, they, they do a lot of similar stuff to the combat engineers. Um, so say, say a door, you know, is completely breach and we need to get into that door. Yeah. We call the assaultment up to do their thing. make the hole bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you went to Afghanistan twice? No, just Afghanistan once. And then the second deployment was that mule or oh, yeah. around the Navy ship. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Where'd you go on that boat? Was it one boat? Uh, Were you on the same boat the whole time? Uh, most of the time, there was a moment where we had to switch ships, and because um, we had to go down a different part near Africa and drop off in Djibouti and do some training there. Um, but I think total we did Portugal, Israel, Jordan, Crete, Oman, UAE, Bahrain, France, Djibouti, and Kuwait. Dude. That's how long did it take? Nine months? That was about seven, seven and a half months. It's nuts, man. Yeah. So what about that Gulf, uh, in Oman, uh, that, uh, goes into the UAE and, and all that Persian Gulf, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that whoever controls that pretty much controls the world. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of the whole, I think ideology behind is, it's just of, of, of doing a Mew is having that presence Yeah. in that part of the world. Like, Hey, we're here. You know, always so, watching. Right. Yeah. And then did you go around the Horn of Africa? Did you go down that far? I think we flew. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we went all the way I around. heard that's some pretty dangerous waters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There were there some times throughout the deployment where the boat was rocking pretty good. Really? And uh, well, I've heard I, that I thankfully like, didn't get too seasick. Ah. Um, but there were some guys who were not, not okay for a good while. Yeah. yeah. Do you... You know, you hear about sea legs right. and I was shooting a documentary on a, on a boat one time and I got seasick for three days, yep. four days. Part of it was I was looking at a screen, right? you know, <laughs> I mean, I remember being a little dizzy and a little, yeah. you know, lightheaded, but nothing too it's bad. one of the worst feelings yeah. I've, I've, I've had that, you know, you know, you're going to be okay, but you know, yeah. it's still <laughs> awful to try to function like that. It's just funny when you have like 30 people in your birthing, you know like throwing up and really you're just like, Oh man, uh, does it get pretty, oh, man, I can only imagine a boat full of dudes would be just, you know, it's a dynamic sailors, that man. most, yeah. Don't get to be a part of it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Sailors don't like Marines very much cause they got to clean up address, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that the armed forces on those mews, the, uh, what you, military marine expeditionary marine form, unit expeditionary yeah. unit they uh that's interesting that the two that the two forces come together yeah. work together are there other well the marine corps is technically a department of the navy oh i forgot about yeah, that yeah and, I've heard and that. we always make a joke you know it's the men's department but yeah <laughs> that's fun <laughs> but yeah so that yeah, probably think, doesn't make them any happier to have to no, clean up after no <laughs> no it's an ongoing love-hate relationship yeah. for sure yeah are you glad you did it Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad I'm out. I'm glad I'm doing different things that God has me on now. Um, but I, I'm definitely grateful that I did it. Wouldn't, wouldn't go back and, and not do it ever. So. Well, were there, was there an option to stay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Marine Corps is pretty dark. Um, it's just a dark place with hard men that do a hard job. Yeah. Um, and, I was proud to be that, but I also kind of wanted to find some light in my life mm-hmm. um, and and do something that I don't know. I just wanted to see what else was out there. Um, I got kind of I kind of felt called to go out and 
do things that bring life to people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could have stayed in, and, and no, but I just wasn't wanted to do something different. You know? Yeah. That's so for me. GI Bill go to college is that yes. is that the play? Yeah, I, uh, I went to University of Tennessee for two years for business management and just didn't really like it. Wasn't feeling it? Yeah. I mean, it's a great program, great school. Um, I just didn't feel like I was where I was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, um, so I switched to Liberty University online oh, cool. for a degree in Christian ministries and a minor in business since I already had those business classes. Gotcha. Um, and I graduated a couple months ago. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. GI Bill complete. Liberty. Yeah, from uh, what, Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, is where I've never even been there. But have you not? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's school. an interesting an interesting school, um, just because of the the you know the Falwell right. family and the you know the uh, connection there. It's it's kind of uh, fraught a little bit, you know. Right. But uh, I know a bunch of people who have gone there. Right, and it seems to. It seems to breed. It seems to to put out an interesting kind of person, which is, you know, someone who has a life that's grounded in faith, but someone, um, but but not in an evangelical way that you would expect uh, every time. The people that I've met, I've met right. a ton of creatives that come out of there. Right. And, and well, they offer you know every kind of major. I think you know they just kind of tie in the the faith part within each one. Yeah. I mean, mine was definitely more faith oriented. Yeah. Sure. A degree in Christian ministries, right? Yeah. So, well, what are you uh, are you, are you working with that right now? Yeah, I uh, work full time at Knox Area Rescue Ministries. Um, not not the stores, the actual homeless shelter on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, so five days a week, I get to spend a full shift hanging out with homeless and you know getting to know them, creating relationships, um, trying to help them with their next thing to to move on out of homelessness. Sometimes you're just a friend. Sometimes you're just an ear. Um, a lot, there's a lot of jokes, a lot of laughter. Um, that's one of my favorite parts, but yeah, just trying to spread the love of Christ to, to those guys. And it's a, it's a blessing to be a part of for sure. So this is a, this is a tough question because, you know, you, a lot of people drive by the mission when Mm -hmm. it was, when you could drive by it before all the streets were closed and all that. And Outside of outside of of Carm, outside of of the mission, you know, tent cities sometimes, mm-hmm. and you wonder you wonder why. Um, and I, I've I've always wondered. And you guys are strict down there, right? No, you you can't bring drugs in. You can't you know bring alcohol in. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's also a lot of grace within our strict policies, though. Okay, because um, if we breathalyze everyone at the door nobody's coming in no yeah a lot of people aren't coming in yeah um and so it's it's mostly about behavior right you know no fighting right if you come in fight if you come in you can barely walk if you come in screaming or you don't want to listen to any of the directions you're you're being told then you know there's there might be a breathalyzer test because it's obvious right yeah um but there's a lot of grace there's a lot of uh we we're there for them you know so a lot of people don't think um, you know, cause a lot of homeless guys will, will not follow the rule and then not have to, you know, not be allowed to come in for that night or something. And then all of a sudden they hate Carm forever. And then they hear yeah. that guy's opinion and, right. and we really are there for them. There's, there's not one person that works there that doesn't like, why would we be there if we didn't want to love on homeless people? You know what sure. I mean? You can get paid more at Target. 
Right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems like something you have to be called to do. Right. Absolutely. Especially if you're if you end up working there for a while, it's it's definitely a calling. You know. So what is the what's the mission of CARM to get get people Just, back uh, on their feet? Yeah, to restore lives in Jesus' name yeah. is the the mission statement. The mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a PSA for CARM a long time ago, probably about ten years ago, and uh, we got to hear a lot of really good stories. Uh, from where where Carm saved people's yeah. uh, lives in a, in a lot of ways, it was there for them when they didn't have anything else. It uh, gave them a was it a, a hand up, not a handout, right? You know, yeah. And uh, and that's what it's there for, right? Right. And kindness isn't always kindness and love isn't always niceness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some yeah. people need that tough love. Some people need the no. You can't do that. You know, right? Because otherwise, you're enabling. Mm-hmm. And if you keep enabling bad behavior and bad decisions and you're saying, oh, that's fine. You still get everything you need. Right. Then that's not loving them. That's that's letting them bury themselves. Yeah. That's that's something I've always I've always wondered is where do you draw the line? Because it seems like I don't know. It seems like in homelessness, there's a lot of mental health issues. There absolutely is. And I would think that would be the number. It's yeah, the biggest and mental health and addiction also go hand in hand the synergy times. between yeah. the two of, the, of right. those so i've you know i've, I've wondered like what i'm sure first off it's terribly hard to cut somebody off from from having their primal needs met but also there has to be uh, a point where if they're not helping themselves or they're not right getting better or they're they're coming in and causing problems for 10 20 other people every exactly. time and then you know you got the whole group to think about yeah yeah what's that like like having to, what's that like on your heart to have to tell somebody like, man, you can't, you got to go. It hurts. Um, I mean, it's, it depends on the person, depends on the situation, but it, each time it it's hard. Um, but luckily we have great management that makes those tough decisions a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and we just got to remember that that's, you know, we're, we're loving them when we do that. Um, and sometimes it's a little easier, you know, some guy's hammered and he's, you know, creeping on a girl or, you know, making some very inappropriate comments or physically assaulting someone, you know, it's a little easier on the heart to get them out of there for the night. Sure. Um, But yeah, when sometimes people just aren't following the rules and, or they're maybe have a hard time doing it, but there's, it's, I'm super grateful to have such a great team that they have wisdom and discernment to kind of look at that situation. Cause it really is. Every situation is different. Every person's different. They have their own story. You know, so it's kind of c- combining that policy with that story and like making the best decision for them. Yeah. And so it's not cut and dry, black and white. It's it's a lot of complex decision making. Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite favorite experience there so far? A favorite story, like a favorite outcome? I mean, obviously, seeing someone there, you know, over many months improving and improving and improving and finally they get their own place and they get a job and um and then seeing them many months later and they're just thriving and you know they look they're out of addiction they look happy that you know wow so that's obviously always good but um from the day to day i just i love the uh just the banter and the the laughter and the messing with uh the guys in the dorm yeah um and then sometimes just having that those intimate one-on-one conversations um about you know, life where, you know, they're hurting and I can, you know, I can talk about, you know, I'm, I'm hurting too, you know, or I, I was, hurt, you know, just kind of connecting with them on their level. And, um, 
being honest with them about your struggles too. Um, cause a lot, you know, if you come in there with like, oh, I'm not homeless and you are homeless yeah. and I'm fine and you're, you know, they're, it's going to be really hard to create that relationship and, and, uh, help them. Yeah. It seems you have to be able to have a little brokenness somewhere. Uh, well, we all relate. do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think the person who says he doesn't is a liar. So I think being, uh, aware of that is definitely a sign of wisdom. And I think, uh, being willing to share that with someone is, it's going to help you both. You know, so, so have you, have you seen this? Have you seen somebody who comes in, you know, every day you watch them stay there for a month, they're getting better. They're getting off drugs they're getting a job. They've got a place to stay. And then you see them six months later. Has that happened? Many times. Yeah. I think, the grip, uh, I don't, the I don't creature. know the stat for sure, but yeah, each, each time you, or, you know, once you're homeless, the, the chances of you going back to homelessness is, is pretty high. Yeah. Um, how's that? I know, I know a, you know, a guy close to my age who has been there like four or five different times, keeps coming back. And then getting out and then coming back. Yeah. Is it drugs mostly? Um, actually it's, there's so many different reasons. Um, sometimes it's that sometimes they have, you know, a health issue, like they have epilepsy, so they can't get a job and they can't drive. Um, but they're still waiting on disability and that's not, that that's not going through. Yeah. So like, you know, then what? Yeah. And these are like, some of them are like really, bright people uh-huh. who just have, you know, either Bad a situation. mental health issue or a health issue that, yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing is there's not just like this caricature homeless person. Yeah. There's not an archetype no, that kind of fits there's, everybody. There's been college professors there. There's been, you know, wealthy businessmen there that have lost everything, you know, yeah. there's, there's every kind of story. Um, and it hurts when people are just like, Oh, get a job. You know, you're like, Oh, there's that's so yeah, much, that's there's so much more than that. Yeah. And you know, I think, I don't know. I, I think people, especially in the downtown community, get, you know, get tired of the panhandling, get tired of, of seeing people that just live out on the streets right. and, and you want to go and you, you know, you're out to a nice dinner with your family and you're getting hassled every, you know, 10 steps walking down Gay Street. It's really hard to maintain compassion for those right. kinds of people when you get frustrated by it. What what's a good safeguard against that? Or what would you what would you say to somebody who who might who's who says the get a job thing or you know not in my backyard thing? Or- well, first I would say it's hard to complain about something that you're not willing to do anything to change, mm. right? Yep. And so a lot of these people that are complaining about homelessness wouldn't get off the couch for five seconds to help you know a homeless person right get out of homelessness. Yep. And so there's that. I mean, I'm I'm a little. You know, but yeah, that's, that's for sure. It's, that's one thing I would definitely tell them. But as far as being a little more compassionate on their side, um, I would say to have a conversation with them, um, because you may, and be patient with them. You know, you may, you may meet someone really interesting with an awesome story and then that may allow you to have compassion for the next one you see. Sure. You know, I think, uh, because we make these quick title page you know, judgments about people. Oh, they're homeless. They're panhandling. They're annoying me. Yeah. My, my dinner's ruined, you know, like go, go talk to that person. You may, you may meet someone really cool, you know? So I, I think, I mean, that's, that's what, like I was just saying, having those conversations working there, that's what builds those relationships. So, and that's what I love about it. So, you know, I, I would suggest, you know, getting to know that person, being a little more patient and, or, 
stop complaining about it. Or if you're going to complain about it, go do something about it. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. We won't get into it, but politics, you know, how many people in the last year have complained about politics that would never go into politics, would never go into, you know, doing anything political to make those changes. They just want right. to sit there and complain about something that's out of their control. Or even be a poll worker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or they're not even voting and then they want to, you yeah. know, so. Yeah. No, that, that makes, that makes good sense. And people can, I mean, not to turn this into a commercial, but people can, can, can volunteer through CARM, right? Yes. Do you know my friend Bryson that works with the uh, women down there? You know her? I probably do if I saw her face. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, uh, she lives downtown. She's a volunteer. Yeah. She's yeah. a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I knew you could volunteer down there, but I talked to her about it one day and she was like, man. It does so much for me. I'm yeah. making some unbelievable friendships yes. with some really important ladies down yeah. there that are very important to me. And uh, it's doing more for me than it's doing for That's them, exactly. which is what you said yeah. earlier when we yeah. were by the fire. It, uh, I definitely, I mean, there's definitely some nights I leave frustrated. Um, but every day I'm, I really am grateful to, to be able to work there. And I mean, I get paid to, to create relationships with some awesome people. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I couldn't couldn't ask for anything more than that. So, but people can easily volunteer, like go to the website or something, right? Yeah, so you can call and ask to speak to Joanne. She's the volunteer coordinator, or you can do it through the website. Okay. Uh, and I think you have to. There's a process. It's not yeah. like super super. It's not like we just let everybody come in, but it's yeah. not too too hard of a process. I don't think volunteers help out a lot down there too. Couldn't do yeah. It without them. Yeah, we for <laughs> sure. We definitely couldn't do it without them. Um, we uh, we have almost every day we have volunteers that help serve the food, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of nights we have some volunteers in the dorms, you know, helping hand out soap or um, just helping with the logistics of everything. So, and then sometimes you know we'll have pastors show up and they'll just walk around ministering and talking to guys, um, which kind of frees us up to do the more logistical things. Um, yeah. So that's super awesome too because we want both to be being done. You know, what I mean, we don't want to just get you a shower, get you sheets and get you in a bed. We, we want to talk to you and care for you and minister to you and listen to you. And, you know, we want that to be being done as well. So what's, what's the end goal with, with, uh, with your relationship with CARM, but also with, with right now, I'm just trying to be faithful in each day, you know, every day has its own challenges. And, um, I definitely see, you know, a possible future there and, and growing there. Uh, but right now I'm just, you know, giving it in God's hands as far as the future goes and trying to be faithful in each day to um, go with the right heart, the right mindset, right mindset, you know, uh, being prayed up and um, being awake and aware of, you know, how I can pay attention and, and love the people that, you know, come into contact with. Yeah. Have you always had that uh, kind of servant's heart thing or was there something um, that, that has it always slowly been creeping into you or was there like a delineating moment that happened where you became? I mean, I was raised in a pretty, uh, my, my dad is a police officer. My brother is a police officer. So I was kind of raised in that, um, family dynamic of service is good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons I joined the Marine Corps among many reasons, but yeah, just, you know, that's how I was trying. You give back, you serve somehow, you yeah. know? Um, but I would say after the Marine Corps and kind of, as my relationship with God became more important, um, he's kind of laid that desire to you know, more of a selfless service, you know, not because the Marine Corps is obviously it's, it's service, but there's definitely a 
self-promoting part about it. You know, mm. you feel good about being a Marine. Yeah. You feel proud to be, and there's nothing wrong with that, right. you know, but it's definitely like you feel good when you put on that uniform, you feel good to come home and say you're a Marine and stuff like that. That's not why you do it, but there's definitely that aspect of it. Yeah, there's some pride involved. Right. Um, but as far as my relationship with God growing stuff, it's, and I'm far from it, but there's that desire to kind of um, rid yourself of yourself and just give it all to to others and for his for his glory and his service. So um, that's definitely been the last four years. That's it's been transitioning more to that. So growing up, dad's a cop. Yep. What's what's mom do? She mom was around? a um, aide for special needs. Uh, students in elementary school. So yeah, your whole family is about helping people. It sounds like your whole upbringing, it wasn't far away to find, find somebody helping somebody. Right. Um, and I've had, um, family members, you know, in ministry and my mom's dad was a Baptist pastor. Um, so yeah, you're, you're correct in that. Yeah. Yeah, So, so between just faith and service, there's a lot that it was always around faith and service for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you said that your uh, your dad and your brother are both police officers, and you said that there was always that hint of service uh, that that you got from that. And I think that uh, police officers, since the whole George Floyd thing, mm-hmm. have really been fighting this character battle, um, where maybe they've been represented by the worst of them. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are still the majority of police officers right. out there, you know, probably do approach it with some type of service involved or one would hope so. I mean, I know for my dad and brother, for sure, they're not, they're not in it to be any kind of power hungry or, you know, they could, it's, it's not like a job that pays well or anything like that. So exactly. Um, and, and this whole, yeah, teachers and police officers <laughs> both need to be, I, I in my appreciated opinion, more. appreciated more. Yeah. And and maybe even compensated better. Yeah, you know? I, I would agree with you. And they would be, um, I think, I, I I think they don't get the respect they need either of those right. professions. Um, and obviously, there's going to be, like you said, the worst of them. There's going to be terrible people in every profession. Yeah. Um, but I would say, just like any job, the majority, of, I like to think the majority of people come at their job from a good desire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially someone who's willing to go in harm's way, you know, I, I would imagine there's, and most people are coming from a good place with that, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've, we take it for granted a little bit. Um, and, and just the whole, I don't know if it was because it was an election year or what, but, and because of COVID. It's been a crazy year. It has been a crazy, yeah. crazy year with, you know, defund the police and all this kind kind of stuff. And it's like, these are this is the rule of law. These are the people keeping us safe. Right. Like, you know, you might not agree with 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 all of them or with everything that they're all doing, but you need to understand that. They're well, the I don't ones. think anyone does, though. What do you mean? I don't think anyone agrees with all of them. Right. Or you know what I mean? Fair. I'm sure maybe maybe no. But I think we need to. No matter what the discussion is, I think we need to come back as a country and as different communities to to be seeking unity again. Agreed. What do we have in common? What do we agree with? Let's Agreed. start there. Agreed. You know what I mean? Let's not start off with gnashing of teeth, you know? Agreed. That's been my that's been my biggest problem with what's been happening recently is we've been pitted against each other from the get go and yeah. it doesn't feel right, man. It feels like let's start from let's start from 
you know, policy aside, let, let's not worry about that. Let's no. not worry about our, our big one, two, three issues that we vote on, right. whatever they are. Like, let's start from from what we all have in common. And I think we're going to we're going to we're, we're going to have better outcomes that come from a little bit better place. I think most people would be very surprised how much they have in common with the person they thought they had nothing in common with. <laughs> you know what I mean? I bet especially, you see that every day at work. Yeah. And especially people who are very strong in their beliefs. I mean, right there, you have strong in your beliefs. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a reason why you believe this way and you believe that way. Let's figure that out. Let's because I bet you know you had some some similar stories with just right. some differences. Yeah, I, I I like that. I like the unity thought. Yeah, I, I think that's a good that's a good way to get us. Well, why wouldn't we start there? Don't we want that's our a great com- question? Don't we want our community to thrive? Don't we want our country to to do well? You that's, know, that's a that's a great why question. Why wouldn't we want unity? People don't want they want to be right more than they want to be successful and united. Yeah, and that's sad to me. Well, yeah, and and I think when you when you start from a place of of being divided or going against each other, it's very easy to the it's very easy for the first thing you see to be the loudest or to be the right. the most divisive. Uh, Thank you, media. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All, all that because it's the it's that's the thing that's most outlandish. It's the thing that's right. mo- most likely to get your thumb to stop when you're scrolling by right. you know, a news yeah. story or whatever. And it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's that just the, the step one, get upset about something. Right. <laughs> step People two. just want to be mad about something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bad, it's a bad look. Right. Um, so I've heard that, uh, I've heard that motorcycles are a part of your life. Is that right? Yes. Yes. How does that work? What's what, where'd they, where'd that come from? Um, well, my dad, uh, grew up riding motorcycles. Um, and I've always kind of been fascinated with them. Like what kind of bikes? He, uh, he's always had a BMW until, um, like a touring bike. So his dad rode Harleys. Um, and yeah, my, my dad had some BMW, uh, touring racing style Mm -hmm. bikes. Um, and then, but I was always, I've, I've always liked Harleys. Um, so I got my first Harley when I was 18 or 19. Okay. Um, and I think I'm on my fourth Harley now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I crashed one. Did you? Yeah. You all right? I'm good. Yeah. There's, okay. there's I'm some checking. bumps and bruises good. and got all your body parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. I've heard, uh, you know, my, when I'm riding my bike, it's like, just, uh, just imagine that everybody else on the road is actively trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> That's kind of what I don't know if I do like. that enough. I'm I'm pretty adrenaline seeking, so I kind of, but I'm always aware for the most part. Yeah. But how, I like to. How, how'd you crash that one? Um, we uh, we came up over a hill. There's somebody buddy, behind you or on on the we bike were side by side. Okay. Yeah, and we came up over a hill, and um, they were stopped on the top of that hill, but we didn't see them until we were uh, already crest, so we had to dip out. Both of you crashed. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, did you lay it down controlled slide style? Um, uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, his his went a little further. Um, he got a little more hurt than I did. Uh, but I, I ended up with like a hole in my foot and broken hand and bleeding out of my head. I was able to pick my crooked motorcycle up and drive it like five miles home. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want my bike to be in a ditch. Yeah, or a ship. You know. Uh, wreckage place or whatever so oh yeah i was like i just want to get this home i don't care how bad it hurts and then we'll go to the hospital so <laughs> what about your buddy uh he went he had to go to the ambulance he's a little more jacked up than me but so you waited good. for the ambulance to leave and then you got on your bike yeah talked to the ambulance talked to the police um made sure i knew where his bike was gonna get towed to 
and then I it was all adrenaline, you know. Yeah. And then I just picked my bike up, rode home. And then, is he all right? Yeah, he's good. We're all good. Okay. Everybody's good. Yeah. Uh, that was a couple years ago. Was it? Uh, it's a Harley. It was heavy. Yeah, it was a Harley uh, Donna Street Bob. It's 2006 Donna Street Bob. How do you pick that up off the? I didn't know you could. I thought it took like three people to get one of those up off the. Adrenaline, table. man. I don't know. I just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. You're driving it so, home with the yeah. crooked hand. I knew I wasn't happy, and I just wanted to go home. So, Is, is it totaled? Was oh, yeah, it totaled? it was totaled, yeah. So if you lay one of those down, it's totaled pretty much. Uh, it depends. Uh, that wasn't a bagger, so it didn't have the crash bars. Okay. Um, my bike has now has crash bars on it, so if you kind of lay it down, the engine doesn't get too messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess with the cosmetic damage and the handlebars and some, I think the primary was a little messed up, it, yeah. They totaled it, so where is or, it worked out well for me. The insurance I, I company took it. Yeah, yeah. So you got I, a new bike. I got a new. Yeah, I went from 2006 to 2016, so worked out for me. Hey, yeah. <laughs> How long were you in the hospital for? Uh, just that night. Just that left night. in the morning. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was ready to leave, but they're like, "Here, wheelchair. Bye. Get out." Yeah. <laughs> broken hand. Yeah, I had a broken bone here. Uh, Pinky. Pretty big uh, gash out of my left foot. <laughs> um, contusion and concussion. Um, pretty good scab on my head and then obviously road rash on my knees and stuff like that. Were you wearing all the right stuff? No, no, no. I don't. Yeah. I don't wear, I wear a helmet, but that's about it. Yeah. Still don't wear the right stuff. No, no, (laughs) man. I took the motorcycle class and they're like Kevlar jeans, boots, gloves. Yeah. I remember hearing on your uh, podcast with Curtis that you, uh, you are pretty good on, or pretty, it's pretty important to you to wear all the right stuff. Yeah, I, I or, think I, – I don't know. I, I don't either. Right. Yeah, because I don't have to. the right stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or gloves, gloves and a helmet and boots. That is my street oh, legal bike. It, it doesn't look street legal, but it is. Um, it looks fun is what it looks like. It is yeah. a lot of fun. It's a KLR Take 250. It anywhere. Yeah, you can. It's got – it's pretty much – you can ride it on the road. You can ride it off the road. It goes 80 miles an hour. I mean, it's – Yeah. It's not very comfortable to take long distances. Right. But – it's it's fine. To, well, that's not why you have it. Yeah. That's not why I have it. Yeah. yeah. Have you done the dragon? I have multiple times. Yeah. yeah. How do you like it? I like it. Um, I like more long, curvy rows that you can kind of go pretty fast on, kind of like the parkway. Yeah. Um, the the uh, foothills parkway. Foothills parkway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's fun to do every now and then, you know. But I like I like long, curvy, fast rows better. It's crazy to look at an overhead map or. A yeah. map of of all the turns on the dragon, and I've I mean I've towed a boat over the dragon like a ski boat. I mean, like we've done, <laughs> done some dumb stuff on that on that road, but it's uh yeah I wouldn't think it'd be very relaxing on a big cruiser. I mean, at this point, a cruiser's I can rip, whip that thing around. Yeah, doesn't you know feel heavy to me or anything. But you did know. you get up and see the colors this year? I did. Yeah, I bet it's beautiful. It on is a amazing. Bike up there. I'm up there about every weekend. Are you? I love it. Yeah. So that's what you do for fun. You, you ride the bikes. Yeah, I got a lot of friends uh, that ride a lot. So. So that's your that's your friend group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Are there uh, like clubs and stuff around here? Yeah, I'm actually in one. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm in a motorcycle club called the Highlanders. So, we're at the Smoky Mountains. Okay. Yeah. Does that is that any like uh, is that a nod to your uh, Scottish uh, heritage or anything? Yeah, like that? there's a lot of Irish and Scottish uh, or Irish and Scottish heritage. Uh, that's kind of. Most of the founding, most of the first people uh, were gotcha. that. So, how many people are in it? Uh, just, you know, how many? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, is it like? Uh, I don't know. The only thing I know about motorcycle clubs is like 
Sons of Anarchy and all that. Yeah. I assume it's they, not yeah, like it's that. It's not like that. They definitely paint a pretty terrible picture on, on what the motorcycle club community is about. It's it's just about family and community and motorcycles and brotherhood, you know. That's cool. Um, so we, we do a lot of stuff for the community in Blount County, like toys. We do uh, Toys for Tots and awesome. multiple fundraisers for getting toys for the kids for Blount County. Um, pretty much any anything we can dip our hands into and, and help to help out Blount County, we do it. Um, then after that, it's just, you know, brotherhood and family and motorcycles and hanging out and yeah. having a good time together. That's great. I, I was at, a, I think it was somewhere in like Crossville or Cookville. I went to a, this like sports bar to have lunch one day. We were driving through and on the door it said no club colors. And I was like, what does that mean? And I went yeah. inside and I asked the, the waitress. She was like, yeah, it's motorcycle club. You can't wear your like your motorcycle mm-hmm. jacket in here. I guess because it, it, some yeah, you know, just just like the cop thing, you know, you have a couple people make some bad decisions, and then it paints a bad picture for, you know, the whole group, the whole stereotype. Yeah, I was like, Hell's Angels coming up in here? Like that's <laughs> that's what I thought was going on. Nah, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's cool though. You don't hear uh, you don't hear a lot about about the motorcycle club thing, and when it's a pretty. I mean, they're out and about, but it's it, a niche. It's thing. a pretty yeah. It's kind of. I won't say secretive, but just kind of, unless, yeah, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't kind of thing. Exactly. Well, oh, so you grew up in Pennsylvania, moved to Tennessee, CARM Motorcycle Club. How did you meet my man, Curtis Glover? Um, We both love uh, to get a a cold beer at uh, Backdoor Tavern. Oh, yeah. So nice uh, old school local place there. Um, so I don't know. We just, every time we're both there, we end up chatting and talking about our lives and talking about all kinds of, you know, Curtis, he can talk about just about anything. And I called him to talk about you yeah. when he recommended you for the podcast and we were on the phone for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He could, he's a talker, but he, uh, I, I love every second of talking with him. Yeah. Um, and one thing I love about Curtis and he'll even tell you, he, he loves to connect good people with good people and yeah. he loves to see people thrive in their gifts um, and so he's constantly, cause you know, he's, he's, you know, an example of the American dream of, he was tired of where he was and he took his passion and he just ran with it. And now look at him, he's super successful. Um, and so I think he, he really likes to encourage people and what they're good at and, you know, motivate them to, to stay focused on it. And I think that's really incredible and unselfish of him to do that. Yeah. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of guts. Yeah. And it takes a certain amount of selfishness too, right? Which is a little bit of a. He's being unselfish in in the way he's like motivating other people to do the same, exactly. You know, which is really cool. And that's what I was going to say is that's how, that's what your remedy for for right. that can feel like you're not just serving yourself when you're going out and striking yeah. out on your own and making you happy. And you look know? at all the work he's doing, and all the yeah. owners of those places that are happy with the artwork he's done too. Yeah, man. So yeah. Uh, have you seen the stuff out in uh, out on uh, the radius rooftop? That's awesome. That one's sweet, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I kind of saw that one in different stages, yeah. but there's one out here in Blunt County. I think it's the Harper's thing or something like that. I haven't seen that one. Or I might have. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I am. Uh, I'm pumped that he introduced us to each other. I feel like we got you know absolutely same thing. Yeah, same thing going on. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on? Anything? Anything new? Exciting? Fun? Uh, well. 
one extra hobby I have, which is interesting. I love I love golfing. So yeah, yeah. You should been... listen to my podcast. At my last yeah, one well, that came like... out with Wes Roach. Man, we talk about some crazy stuff. Like uh, he talked about this. Uh, we were talking about how everybody's doing the Bryson DeChambeau thing, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. on sixty pounds and right. adding a hundred yards <laughs> of their, their driver. Drive. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we talked about uh, he he was citing this study that was like club head speed to earnings. Mm. And they did this study that's like, they're pretty much just parallel really? to each other. Yes. And so that's why everybody just getting Starts. all jacked up. <laughs> Golf's going to be the next steroid scandal. Uh, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I was like, you think roids are going to creep in? And he's like, oh, I'm not saying Well, anything. I mean, if you look at Tiger when he was at his best, he was pretty, he was jacked. pretty massive. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's what it looked like. They just came back, right. and, you know, all of a sudden it's like it's Tiger's yoked. huge. Yeah. Uh, where do you play? We, so this year it's been pretty cool. My buddy, uh, Kyle Arnold, yeah, great guy. We, uh, he's, I'll just say this interesting story of how we met because it was pretty cool. Um, we were both at Half Barrel and uh, he saw my tattoos and stuff. I was like, oh, what, you know, what branch are you? And I was like, oh, Marine Corps. He's like, oh, same. I was like, oh, cool. Semper Fi, man. Nice to meet you. He's like, you from Knoxville? I was like, actually, I'm from Pennsylvania. And he's like, dude, I'm from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like the Truman yeah. Show. You're and living in like this. He's like, what unit were you in? I was like, I was in 1-9. And he's like, were you in Afghanistan in 2013? In 2014? I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, I was one of your ammo techs. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's happening right now? You know? Uh, so we've been pretty much best friends ever since. Um, but he's who I golf with. We try to go once a week. And so we've been trying to do like a new course uh each week this this season so that's been pretty cool but i would say that of course we've gone to the most over the years has been uh dead horse or whatever in out in cedar bluff area yeah but we're uh we're gonna try a place out in pigeon forge i forget what it's called friday morning though have you played lambert so, acres yes i yes. like that course like that it's a little it, it's beautiful out, out maryville yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. heritage mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. like up towards the mount up towards yep. townsend yeah i like that i think wide and I open think, yeah I think I talked to I talked to Wes that was on the podcast last week. I talked to him about this too. Like, one of the best parts about golf is that it puts you in the most beautiful places. Yes, ever. Yes, and East Tennessee is a beautiful place. All, all over. Yeah. It. How does Pennsylvania look compared to this? Same, um, samey. Well, where I'm where I'm at is kind of interesting because you're not too far from the city, so you have a lot of suburbs, a lot of city type looking places, um, but then you also have a lot of country mm. a lot of cornfields um so i would say it's but we're also pretty close to the poconos um okay. which is very mountainous yeah um obviously so yeah you kind of in pennsylvania you kind of get a little bit of everything um but it's definitely i would i would say knoxville is definitely more beautiful than, than pennsylvania well i was i was working in this this place i forget what it was called but it was big big uh big fracking town mm-hmm. big uh we, we were up there shooting uh, a spot and uh, our hotel was just like Halliburton trucks parked every night. They were living there and they were, you know, working, you know, getting natural gas out of the, out of the mountains or, or whatever. And it was, it, it, it reminded me a lot of, of East Tennessee because of the time of year we were out there. It was, you know, the leaves were starting to change right. and all that, but there were, it was a little bit, 
mountainous, but it's a big state too. It is a big state. You get, yeah, you, you get a little bit of everything. You get it all except the yeah. beach. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's close. But you know, the shore two hours away. Just gotta go through Jersey Shore, dirty Jersey. Yeah. How's that? Have you so, been been up? There? Oh yeah, I went there every summer growing up. So that was your. We that would even do day trips. You know, two hours there, two hours back. It's not too bad. So really, yeah, it's casinos and all that. Stuff. Uh, we we stayed mostly in Ocean City, uh, but yeah, if, if you want to do Atlantic City and do all that, you can. I gotta ch- I gotta go to I gotta go to Jersey Shore. Somewhere. Yeah, it's the a, shore. it's an experience. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody in Pennsylvania we call it the shore. You know. Yeah, we we also filming a filming a commercial with a couple of uh, a, a couple of guys from from New Jersey who had a uh, who had a TV show. I forget what it was called. It wasn't Jersey Shore, was it? No, it wasn't. Jersey Shore. <laughs> it was it was on DIY Network. Uh, but the, it was a couple of guys from from New Jersey, and and we were shooting these promos, and then you know a, a lot of times these promos are like. Uh, or like this Christmas on HGTV, come watch blah, 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 blah. All right. These guys, uh, it's like, it was a summertime promo and they were like headed to the beach this summer, do this, this, and this. And they're like, Oh fuck! It's a beach. I yeah. don't know what the beach is. Like, to, I wouldn't say this. Like, yeah, it's the shore. It's the shore. Talking about. Yeah. Hey, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny, man. You don't have to go far to find find people who live a lot differently than yes, you do, you know, that's so true. super cool. Yeah, it is cool. Man, I'm glad we've, uh, I'm glad we've got you here. I hope you stay for a I long time it, yeah. man, because you're doing great things for, for our community and you've done great things for our country. And I feel like, uh, if everybody had this, the, the amount of, uh, calling to, to be of service that you did, the world would be a lot better place. I appreciate you've that. motivated me to, to, uh, motive. It's motivating for me to hear. And, uh, a reminder too that service is important, and life's just, life's bigger than ourselves. You know, yeah, we got to remind ourselves of that each day. So there's something bigger out there. You know, I appreciate you being here, and and I'm excited about people to hear this. Yeah, so I think it's. I'm excited to have gotten to know you. I hope to hang out soon again. Let's do it again soon. Yeah. How was it for you guys? Do you feel inspired? Love that guy. Thank you guys for for being here and for for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, If you want to support the podcast uh, with your dollar bills, go to patreon.com forward slash south of scruffy. For five bucks, you can can start supporting the podcast and it means the world to us. We really appreciate it. It's a Patreon community that helps this thing keep going. So uh, be part of that and we would appreciate it a lot. Follow the podcast on Instagram as well, uh, at South of Scruffy, or you can go to the website, southofscruffy.com. Take a look around there. You can find the merch store and upcoming news and pretty much everything podcast related. Uh, It's kind of the hub for this podcast. The holidays are coming up, so uh, get some SOS swag. That'd be an awesome gift for a loved one this holiday season. You can find that on the website, or you can link to it through my bio on Instagram check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. All right. Matt Honkinen, play me out.